Hello and welcome to our next edition of Despite the Challenges. This show is about people who have, despite their challenges that they have faced, they find ways to overcome and be, uh, become an inspiration to others. Very recently, I had uh, met a person that I could not, could not have forgotten the conversation, and no matter what I tried, the more I thought about it, more it gave me reason to bring her on my show. I met Beth a while ago, and in that conversation, what Beth had said, few words, left me thinking about, my goodness, how much strength we find inside us and still find a reason to contribute to the community despite those challenges. So definitely she was going to be uh, on my show. And here is Beth, Beth Stamp. Hello, how are you today? Thank very you well. so much for inviting me to be here. You're very welcome. Welcome to the show, Despite the Challenges. Despite the Challenges, very yes. good title. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Beth. Oh, my dear. Uh, I guess five years ago, I faced the biggest challenge that a parent could face. Uh, the challenge that none of us ever, mm -hmm. ever want to think about. The thought of it is just unacceptable. And that is losing a child. Yes. My Very youngest difficult. son, he was 36. Healthy, healthy child, healthy young man, mm -hmm. handsome young man. And just out of the blue, out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. His, um, he had a brain tumor. Sorry. He had it in the worst possible location in his brain stem. They could not take a biopsy, uh, and it was totally inoperable, and he was given no hope. And for the first three days, it was like there was no hope around us. I, I didn't know how we would go through the next year. But three days later, when we left the hospital, he just metamorphosized into some other person. He found his strength. Wow. And he used it. Um, every day he used it. We laughed, we cried, we talked about his life. Mm -hmm. He gave us the biggest gift a child could give their parent. I hope I don't cry too much. Um, told us how much he loved his life. Wow and how every stupid decision he ever made, he would not change a single one of them, even the ones that drove me crazy. <laughs> and he did. He was a wild and crazy kid who loved life and wanted fun right this minute. Not, you know, not later. He was a financial train wreck. Mm -hmm. But he made peace with um, everyone he had a problem with. He apologized to his dad for something he said when he was 17. Wow. And it was a wow, because that comment affected their relationship. During this time? Their whole lives, With until lives. that time. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a story about his life, and he called it Lost and Found, because he knew what he was oh. losing. But he said, and I, I'd just like to share this with you, Absolutely. what he said. Was you can share the picture uh, as well. Well, here's my gorgeous baby. Um, All right. He said, every day I Eric feel... Eric Stamp. 
Eric Stamp, and he w we were in Aruba at that time. We took a vacation together. He had no girlfriend, so he took his mom. <laughs> and he wrote, every day I feel like I find a new part of me. I'm touched by the essence of who I am and who I was. The essence is my soul, the good in me. I guess it was always there, but I didn't stop to listen. I listen oh. now. And that was pretty deep for Eric, and he was not a deep kind person. of person. Well, fast forward uh, three months after he wrote this, mm -hmm. um, he died. Oh, wow. And um, he didn't really deal with his um, prognosis. He didn't want to do that. He, he hmm. wanted to deal with living, and he did. And we said that as long as you're undergoing therapy and as long as you're mm -hmm. seeing friends, mm -hmm. we'll stay in Manhattan. And four of us lived in a two-and-a-half-room apartment for a while. Mm -hmm. But then it became obvious that it was time to come home. Okay. And he said, Mom, time to go home. And I want to have a party when I get home. <laughs> I want to see my aunts and my uncles and my cousins. And he wanted to have it at the end of, of May. And I said, I don't know about that. And he said, Mom, you don't think I'm going to be alive then. I mean, he nailed me. He said, okay. He said, then we'll have it when I get home, you know, that weekend. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't. He had a seizure. He was not in a condition to have a party. And he actually died a day and a half after we got home. I thought I'd never smile again. I remember that. Those were the words, very first words that you had mentioned to me. I thought, I mean, forget laugh. Laughter was out of the question. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd never smile. I, I didn't want the sun to come up. If it rained every day, it was perfectly all right. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, I was executive director of a nonprofit, and I stayed there for about six or seven months after that, and I said, you know, this is not working for me, and it's not working for the organization. So I decided to leave, and, and it, you know, they always say don't make very big changes in your life when you're in an uh, emotional upheaval, mm -hmm. and generally, I think that's very good advice. Yes. But every now and then, something happens that you have to do that. You need to make decisions. You, you have to. Life yes. just demands it. And it turned out to be a very good decision because um, six months after that, after I left, mm -hmm. my husband was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. Oh and he chose not to have therapy. It hmm. was not going to extend his life long enough, he felt, to go through um, the side effects. And uh, he lived as long as he would have lived, they predicted, uh, if he had therapy. And um, miraculously, he had no pain throughout the whole process. He was up, he was ambulatory, he was home, he was uniquely uh -huh. tired and fatigued, uh -huh. but no pain. And that's a gift. Given that what he had been through losing a son and mm -hmm. finding out that right. uh, his life is limited as well. And it's the emotional toll that it takes on people. I can only imagine. Well, interestingly enough, I think for my husband, for Henry, um, I think the fact that Eric lived with his disease and had passed um, 
I'm not going to say it made it easier, but mm -hmm. in a way it did. Mm -hmm. First of all, Eric set the bar. Oh gosh, he just set the bar high. Mm -hmm. I mean, we laughed during his illness as well. We didn't only cry. And I think it actually ended up giving my husband some strength that if his son could do, could do it and could do it the way he did it. With the grace. With the grace. Um, that he could too. Mm -hmm. And he did. And in that whole foggy period, um, actually before Henry was diagnosed, but after Eric died, we had gone to support groups. <laughs> and we went to two different ones. We each gave them three months, uh, once a month for three months, each of them. We weren't getting what we needed. And um, I went to another group. It was a little bit better. But I didn't need, and I don't think anyone really needs, to listen to 20, 25 people review the details of their loss. My child died this way. Hmm. Um, it was a car accident. It was a motorcycle. God forbid it was also, in some cases, a murder. It, terrible yes. things. But that didn't give me any help with dealing with my emotions and my situation and going forward. Most often it is when we share that among people and it's said that the more we talk about it, the less intense it becomes. I cannot even imagine when you lose a child, especially for a parent, that the traumatic experience becomes any less uh, well, it does change over time. Over time, yes. But it yes. doesn't help me deal with the birthday, the anniversary, paying the bills, living life, just to only go over how the loss happened. There are times you need to get it out and say it and, and know that you're with people mm -hmm. who understand. Mm -hmm. But you need to deal with tomorrow. I agree. You know, the sun is rising tomorrow. You, you, you need to. Uh, you know, I never paid interest on a credit card till mm -hmm. my son died because I stopped opening the mail. Mm -hmm. It's a very little everyday thing, yes. but we have to do it. Yes. You know, so I ended up starting my own groups. And I, I, I felt very strongly that, yes, you can talk about anything you want to, mm -hmm. but at some point in the session, we're going to take a very practical problem yes. and see if we can spin it differently so that it becomes not easy, it's never easy, but doable, manageable. Manageable, yes. And what to do next. What to do next. And, yes. and, and in that way, you build upon things. Coping uh, skills. <laughs> well, for myself, one of the things I found, I mean, I still love to do the holidays. I, I didn't for a while, but then I found a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And the way I do it is that when I'm having the holidays and those two empty seats at the table feel very emotional, I don't serve sit-down dinners. I serve buffet hmm. because buffet feels different. Everybody is getting up and serving themselves and conversation is perhaps a little bit different. And I also invite someone who's not family. I invite a friend who might be alone, mm -hmm. even someone of a different faith, mm -hmm. you know, and 
Well, now everybody wants to know this new person. I could invite you, and they want to know who you are. Absolutely. And and how do we know each other? And yes. the whole conversation changes. Changes. And yes. it takes a certain pressure. It sure does. The day. Yes, and it's a beautiful thing to and invite someone who may not have an opportunity to enjoy that festivity. Well, I wasn't even thinking about it that way. <laughs> yes, you're right. But I was really thinking of self-preservation. How can I, I get through mm -hmm. this day uh -huh. in a kinder, gentler way so that I'm not um, absolutely blown away beforehand and I'm not left a crying mess at the end of it? Mm -hmm. And it's just been a win-win situation. It sounds simplistic, and it really is, but it works, and it works for everybody. And if you take grief and you divide it up, in fact, I, I, I pulled out this something to talk to my group about because I had a meeting this morning. Absolutely. Share with us, please. You know, we talk about grief, and when you read a lot of books about grief, they talk mm -hmm. about uh, some emotional pitfalls yes. or, or steps. Mm -hmm. There's denial, Absolutely. the loss, of course, anger, guilt. Yes. yes. And, and those things are valid. Not everybody feels all of them, mm -hmm. depending on the circumstances. Or more or less. Or more or less, yes. But there are different things that we lose when somebody dies. Talk about yes, it. Yes, we lost the person. Yes. We also lost a chunk of ourselves. Yes. Because we have given this person a piece of us. Yes. Where does that piece go now? Who do yes. we give it to? Mm-hmm. Has it gone with them, or do we still have it to give to someone else? Where is it? Those are all valid questions. It's gone. Yes. There's also sometimes um, a loss of identity, especially if you've been a caregiver. Yes. Yes. Uh, caregiving is so overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. It can be physically overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It certainly is overwhelming Definitely in time. Definitely emotionally. Emotionally. Yes. Um, when my mom was ill, I was her chief caregiver, but I didn't do it alone. Mm -hmm. But I assigned people things to do. So I was the orchestra leader. I mm -hmm. had to know the symphony we were playing. Yes. So if I wasn't there, I was thinking about there. So you, mentally you are occupied. Absolutely. 24-7. Absolutely. Every waking moment. Now this person dies. Mm -hmm. Where do you put all that yes. time and thought and effort? And if you lived in the house with the person who was ill, they're not there anymore. Yes. There's this space. Yes. And there's so many objects uh, there to remind possessions of that person, to remind you of their presence. Right. And uh, I'm sure there are a lot of audience that might be going through the same situation, mm -hmm. uh, may not even have attempted to reach out. It's Yes. It's... And that's another difficult to talk about it. It's very difficult to talk about mm -hmm. it. And coming to a support group is not easy. Mm -hmm. You, um, you know, you know you're going into a situation where you're vulnerable, mm -hmm. emotional. Yes. We all have different responses to tears. Yes. Whether it's your own tears or watching somebody else cry, um, and some people just don't allow themselves. Yes. To cry. Yes, I, I, um, I, I am a shameless crier. I'll cry anywhere. You know, I have, um, when I read about uh, your story, and mm -hmm. I put myself into certain situations that where I was feeling hurt or guilt of something which wasn't the fault, and 
it's very natural emotion to express tears. And then, you know, it's uh, my logical mind, you know. Um, I'm thinking we shouldn't show our, uh, the vulnerable side uh, among strangers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and it could be. And some cultures. It could be cultural. Oh, no, no. Yes. Yes, and it could be personal. I felt myself being a very tough uh, person with an inner strength and I did not feel to become weak because I portray myself as a strong person and, and then, crying is not strong yes and that was questioning myself um, to bottle in my own emotions and you know to come out of the whole experience was questioning myself mm -hmm. And in that whole process that I find um, mentors and people that I could trust and talk about it, and the advice that came is, your tears are a reflection of your soul. Let them flow. And, Beth, and I tell you- And it's not weak, and it's not, it's not weakness, weakness to cry. And I tell you, that was, at that moment, the best advice I could get uh, to move on. And it's freeing, isn't it? It's very, yes liberating it sure is that you could be as strong that you feel or feel that inner strength but we are at the end of the day the human beings mm -hmm. we need that same emotional support that loving touch that caring words mm -hmm. to hear from other people when we go through some tragic moments in and life it, it's not weak to also be vulnerable yes but, you know, we can still um, make the best choices. We can still do the best we can. We can be strong people and still be caring people and be people who are touched by, if not our own tragedies, other people's tragedies. Yes, and that's where it makes us human beings. Yes. The ones that we are, mm -hmm. human beings in a big community, a family. Um, I would like to ask you if you would share some with our audience that uh, the groups that you had started and yes. you try to bring around uh, some uh, pieces of information that was missing from the previous mm -hmm. group that you were joining well, in and how it has helped. In honor of my son, Lost and Found, That's because great. I really believe that, mm -hmm. um, and, and this sounds like such a Pollyanna thing to say, you know, that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger or turn the coin <laughs> over and see both sides. But it's true. I always hate when those things become true. You know, they just sound so trite. But it is true. Um, if nothing else, in the worst case scenario, somebody is alone, they've lost, and they have no mm -hmm. support elsewhere, mm -hmm. the other side of the coin is my group. When you come to my group, you know you're with people mm -hmm. who will give you the time to listen. Mm -hmm. They will not tell you how you should or should not feel. Mm -hmm. I will not tell you how you should or should not feel. What I will ask is that you open your mind to possibilities mm -hmm. that with practice, mm -hmm. this feeling you have today will change. Yes. You know, that's the one thing in our lives we can be constant about. Mm -hmm. Good times don't last forever. No, neither does. The and neither do bad times. Absolutely. So you can always turn the coin over mm -hmm. and see what you may have found. Mm -hmm. You found a support group that listens. Yes. You mm -hmm. found people who care. Mm -hmm. Nobody will judge you. 
you can find a place where you can safely cry and nobody will be upset with you for crying mm -hmm. uh, and you can express yourself and then you can put down a practical scenario on the table mm -hmm. and we will brainstorm how it could possibly be handled differently and I think that's the whole key and it has been my whole key for myself mm -hmm. personally is just to be open to the possibilities around you something may just present itself absolutely that you didn't expect mm -hmm. don't write it off completely and say that's impossible so the groups are, are that for me. Okay. It is my way. Uh, I believe in making lemonade out of lemons. Absolutely. Life you lemons, make, make, make a great glass of lemonade. You know, I used to say that to myself a long time ago. And I said, well, you know, I hear this a whole lot. Make lemon from a lemon, uh, make lemonade right. from lemon. Right. If you get a basket full of lemons, what do you do? And my answer was to you master life. That's the title of my book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's uh, sometimes it seems that um, too many things come in in our way, pulling us in all different directions and draining our energy. Mm -hmm. And most of it's not as positive experience, and Absolutely. it comes all at once. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to find that inner strength inside to deal with it. And to your point that, yes, you have to uh, break it down to the pieces, you the manageable, break it into manageable, manageable pieces. pieces. Yes. I would like to ask you now, what are the most challenges that people, that you experience that people find that they have not found any help to deal with? Emotions? Oh well, the big question is always, why me? Why did this happen? That way, there is don't have real, answer to provide. No, there really is no answer. Yes. Well, you know, my son never asked why him. I never asked why me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not special. I'm not different. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm not a better person than the next guy on the street. Why me? I never asked the question. Well, why not me? Well, that shows us that we uh, are mortals we well, have we're, mortals and we're all on a level playing field here yes. and and that's we have is, no answers there so why ask the question once you ask it the first time you know if somebody has an accident you might say did somebody go through a red light that might be a why mm -hmm. but there are so many whys that there's absolutely no answer for so there comes a point i think mm -hmm. where you need to say okay enough with that question it's yes. not getting answered. The, it's not going to be answered. The tragedy is already happened. Yes. Now how you have to move on from today forward. Forward. Today so forward. Anger. Anger is a big issue. Okay. Over. And do you have uh, uh, any type of uh, help available who, who are expert and deal with in uh, helping people deal uh, with anger? You know, my groups are my groups are self help group. I am mm -hmm. not a psychologist. I don't pretend to be. Understood. Um, when I see anger that sounds like it needs help, mm -hmm. I do suggest to people that they do need mm -hmm. some one-on-one -on -one counseling. They can still come to the group. has yes. nothing to do with that. But their anger issues just may be above what the group I see. can handle or, or can help them with. Mm -hmm. And they need additional support. Um, 
and mostly I ask people also to think about the words they use. That's I'm very big on yes. the word can't. Uh -huh. You know, we use that word so freely. I can't uh -huh. do this, I can't do that, I can't do I can't, I can't, I can't. When we really can do things, we just maybe don't want to. Yes, it's a mindset. <laughs> but when you're grieving, one uh -huh. of the things that I found about grief is I felt powerless. Hmm. I didn't feel, I, I certainly didn't feel that I had power over my emotions. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody said, how are you? I could mm -hmm. burst into tears. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any control over my life. This was too big. And so you use the word, I can't. Well, I wanted to take back control of my life. I wanted mm -hmm. some of my power back. So I'm very cautious how I use the word can't. We talked outside, I can't lift 5,000 pounds, yes. but I can lift the glass of water. Absolutely. So, so I ask people to not use the word can't. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. But make it your choice not to do it, not because you're incapable of doing it. And because of that, I find myself doing a lot of things I never thought I'd do. Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd run support groups. I see. So you're and running three three I, of them now. Would you share with us when they meet? Yes. Um, I have a group that's very specific to parents and or grandparents who have okay. lost children. It's, it's a very unique emotional loss that I don't think any parent can believe that anybody can understand unless they've walked in those shoes. Yes. yes. So I have a group that's specifically uh, for them. And for that parents group, and grandparents? Parents and grandparents. They meet the second and the fourth Wednesday morning Okay. at the Monmouth County Library in Manalapan okay. for about an hour and a half from 10 o'clock to 11.30. Okay. And then I have a group that meets in the evening, the last Thursday of the month, and that group is for any loss. It doesn't matter, brother, mother, parent. Anyone. Anyone. Grieving. Anyone grieving. And it doesn't have to be a recent loss. You know, sometimes when you haven't dealt with certain issues, it could be two years, three years, yes. five years, or it could be yesterday. So it's open to anyone who's and feeling the effects of a loss. people are watching, if they want to contact you, how can they find you? Um, I, you I can give you an email address. They okay. can contact me by email. It's lostnj at ymail.com. Okay. So it's L-O-S-T-N-N-J at ymail.com. And you meet at Monmouth County Library? Monmouth County in Headquarters Library okay. in Manalapan. Second and a fourth Wednesday. Second and fourth Ten Wednesday morning. Okay. 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Correct. Okay. So we'll publish that information that for our audience. That would be great. Excellent. I thank you so much, Beth, for coming and sharing. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're very welcome. And just uh, some food for thought for our audience. I asked a lot of the questions that came up for me dealing with and few of the quotes that I want to share with you are one, uh, the first one that came to me that I liked so much and want to share is that sometimes, said the Pooh, the smallest things take up the most room in our heart. Beneath the Pooh. And Another one that I think is, has a whole lot of uh, uh, weight in it is um, 
guilt isn't always a rational thing. Guilt is a weight that will always crush you whether you deserve it or not. Maureen mm -hmm. Johnson. And a humorous one that I think is that uh, coming from a, a Theodore Roosevelt is when they call the roll in the Senate, the senators do not know whether to answer present or not guilty. And I had thought about present and not guilty, just the two words themselves. Uh, we have to take things as they are in present and not have that guilt of things that we had no control. It's in most cases that we have uh, an ability to find blame, uh, find ways to blame ourselves if things have not turned out uh, the way they ha should have. And to that, there is um, a lot of hope out there. Um, the first steps are to reach out. I thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.